Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast, the show all about family, but with gay, as we like to say. (laughs) My name is Jamie, and I'm your host, and I am so excited to be here today, and I am so excited to, on this day, be kicking off what I am calling the Queer Family Podcast Pride Extravaganza. (laughs) What is that? What is the Pride Extravaganza, you ask? I'll tell you. Don't you worry. I'm right here for you. The Pride Extravaganza is... A pride celebration. As most of us know, June is right around. I mean, I think we all know June is right around the corner. And June, in many parts of the world, is Pride Month for us queer folks. And so I have decided for the entire month of June, I am going to push out double the episodes of queer family goodness for you. So that means instead of one weekly episode on Mondays, you're going to be getting two weekly episodes, one on Monday and one on Thursday. And the guests... I have lined up for you. I, the, it's, they're so good, y'all. There's, I can't even believe all of these folks said yes to this, <laughs> but they did. And every single story is, is just going to give you all the feels and blow your mind and do all the things. Before I get into today's guest, who's going to kick it off for us, I have a question that I have to ask myself and answer because I've been asking all of the guests for the Pride Extravaganza a particular question. And I realized, well, shoot, if I'm making them answer this loaded question, then I guess I should answer it. So I'm going to start it off. The question is, what does pride mean to you? That's a hard question to just spring on someone because it's, it's, there's a lot. There's a lot in this, right? And so pride to me means having the freedom and having the courage to show up unapologetically as your true authentic self every single day, every single moment of your life. And I truly believe to the bottom of my core that visibility matters. It matters so much. And if you have the ability to show up as your true authentic self, meaning Like for me, for instance, I live in New York City. I live in this bubble where being queer is fine. Having a queer family is fine. My life is not threatened by showing up as myself. If I have the ability, I feel a responsibility to show up even more in the hopes that those folks in other parts of the world, the world, who cannot show up as themselves, who can be killed for showing up as themselves, who can be ripped from their families for showing up as themselves. With me showing up, I work to normalize it. I work to let the rest of the world see, let them see we're out here, we're fighting the fight. And the more I show up, we create a movement, right? I I find it, I feel like it's so important for myself to be visible and to show up and also to show up for the children who might not see their true authentic selves reflected in the world around them, who might be told that their true authentic selves are wrong, the more we show up, the more we normalize ourselves. And my mission is still and always has been to highlight, uplift, normalize queer families just so we can let the rest of the world know that we're just like them. We just work a lot harder to create our very beautiful families. The more we do this, the more we do this, we create a movement, like let's, let's show up. If you can show up, show up. And anyway, that's a long-winded way of me explaining to you what pride means to me. And I've asked every single guest this month what that means and the answers they've, their answers are just beautiful. And so let me talk to you about this guest who is coming in. And for the Queer Family Podcast Pride Extravaganza, Every single guest that I've interviewed has used their platforms, has used their lives to be visible for the rest of the world to see, despite whatever might come their way for doing it. And they have shared their lives publicly and they are making 
real change. Like I could also title this extravaganza, the change makers, because that's what they're doing. The more visible we are, the better this world becomes. Right. And, you know, as you all know what I think, everybody's a little bit gay. So let's just bring it all out of everybody. Okay. Let me explain to you the first, let me tell you who the first, our first guest is. If you don't know who this person is, you need to go start following them right now. This person has been normalizing and highlighting queer families for almost 20 years. Dana Rudolph, AKA Mombian, and her wife, Helen. Mombian is a blog that started when basically blogs began that highlights queer families. Dana and Helen came in to talk about like the beginnings of Mombian and how that all came about. I mean, I use Mombian as a resource all the time. If something happens in the mo- in the news, I go to Mombian to see what Mombian has to say. So she's kind of like a superhero in my book. So she comes on to talk about Mombian, but also to talk about how they made their beautiful family. I mean, we're talking a little reciprocal IVF as the lesbians like to do it in this here episode. And that's all I'm going to tell you about this story that is about to come up. I want you to hear it for yourself. It's really great. It's a really great interview. It's a really great story. And I love Dana and Helen. Before I roll that tape, I have to remind you that if you really, 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 really enjoy this podcast, please go ahead and join me on Patreon. I have various tiers on my Patreon channel that started just two bucks a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. And um, you're going to get bonus content over there. So you're going to go to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast, find your tier and join. You can also get some the queer family podcast merchandise at our merchandise store. It's at tpublic.com slash the queer family podcast. It is also on our website at the queer family podcast.com. So go find some merchandise represent pride is here. It is time to wear the rainbows folks or whatever you feel like wearing. You don't have to wear rainbows if you don't want to. I just particularly like them a lot. Um, and make sure you're following us on all the socials. We are the queer family podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And on YouTube, all of these episodes, starting with the queer family podcast, Pride Extravaganza, are all in edited video form. So exactly what you're hearing in your ears right now, if you're listening to the podcast on audio, you can also watch on our YouTube channel. So go, go do that. Go subscribe. Start watching us too. Um, so many ways to find us. Uh, that's all the business I have to talk about right now. I think it's time for us to roll this tape. Helen Beulah, my beautiful assistants, please, please, darlings, roll this tape. Here come Dana and Helen. Queer Family Podcast, love is love. Hello, hello, hello. I have Dana and Helen. Dana is also AKA Mombian, who I'm sure you all know. And Dana's partner... Helen, do you go by partner or wife? Oh, that's a oh, that's a long question, actually. I, I'm more comfortable with partner only because back when we were married, we got together so long ago, I never thought I'd be oh, married. We'd be have the opportunity to be married. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. have never gotten comfortable with wife, but that's appropriate. You know, I, we are married. Yeah, mm-hmm. I tend to say spouse instead of wife because I think it carries less baggage from society. So I'll often say spouse when I want to make the point that we're married. Oh, I like that. Actually, yeah. I like that. And I totally get you on the wife term. Like I forced myself to start saying wife just because I realized I had like an issue with it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I try it sometimes. You know, it still doesn't fit. It's like the pair of shoes. It doesn't fit. Depending on who I'm talking to, I might not use the word wife. It's, which is, you yeah. know, this other form of censoring that I do for myself that I wish I didn't do, but I do. I agree. I, I, I tend to avoid wife, um, but spouse feels okay. So. But you can call us whatever. <laughs> well, the spouses, Dana and Helen, a.k.a. Mombian. Let's just jump right into this, the elevator pitch. So because I try to explain who people are and I don't do as good a job as you will yourselves. So I'm going to put my little 30 second timer up. I will never cut you off. Okay. You can just keep going. You can just do the whole interview for all I'm concerned. I'll keep the timer going. (laughs) But to make it more fun, we put a little timer up. Okay. And I'm going to tell you when to start. On your mark. Get set. I'm Dana. This is Helen. We've been together for 30 years as of next week and started our family in the early aughts via reciprocal in vitro fertilization, my egg, her womb. I am a retired internet marketing executive. Helen is a retired engineer who used to make computer chips. 
I'm also the founder and publisher of Mambian, a blog for lesbian moms and other LGBTQ parents. Our son is now in college and we're learning to be empty nesters. That was amazing. That was amazing. Good job. And you kept it at 30 seconds for I the practiced. most part. You did? Good for did. you. Wow. A lot of people do practice and I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you practice. 30 years. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Because we've, we've got a week left. We don't want to yeah. jinx it. Okay. <laughs> you never know, right? You never know. Do you have plans for your 30th anniversary? As it turns out, our son is getting back from college for <laughs> spring break the day before. So he's going to be around. But I can think of no better way to celebrate our anniversary than to have the whole family okay. together. So. I was just going to say, is that a good thing that he's going to be around? <laughs> because I'm still in small baby land and I like treasure my time away from the kids. Mm. But I think that changes as you've been around for a while as a family, right? And as you yeah. grow. But we took our big trip last year, sort of a, a, an early celebration. So we, we did a Olivia trip to Iceland. Oh, nice. It was really nice. Yeah. And that, that was just the two of us. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's nice. Okay. Well, we're going to get into what it's like to have older kids and empty nest and all that stuff. But before we do that, I think we really need to dig into your family building journey. And first of all, I'd like to know, how did you two meet? I don't think you swiped right. <laughs> no. <laughs> this was long before that. Yeah. No. So, so we were both in graduate school and we were both volunteering for an organization that gave free rides to women at night uh, around the university and around the town. And I was one of the dispatchers and Helen was a driver. And As you do. Or as, as you do. As I like to call it. So I would drive and she would tell me where to go. And she's been telling me where to go ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And that's how you met? That's by, how we met. By being in her ears, basically. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And Volunteering yeah. at the same organization. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And and was it kind of love at first sight? Was it a U-Haul situation? <laughs> Were you living that gay life before you met? So many questions. I think the first time we technically met... I was dating someone else and I, I had no idea what Helen's situation was. So I didn't even think of it and, you know, think about her as, you know, a potential mm -hmm. partner or anything. And then she calls me up one day out of the blue and asks if I want to go to a movie. I said yes. And like all through the movie, I wasn't sure if it was a date or if she was just looking for a friend. You know, it's sometimes you hard to know. tell. It's so that. hard, especially what year, what year was this? Last century. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going for the date our son was born. No, but uh, we met in uh, 1993. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, diff a very different time in regards to living out loud, right? And proud. Very different. Um, yeah. It was, it was sort of an unusual thing. We never expected to get married. Um, sort of when I got together and we decided this was a good thing, we'd probably be together a while. I thought, oh, you know, we'll never have kids. We'll never be married. But, you know, I'm happy with her. Yeah. And that will be our life. That will have to be yeah. enough. But instead, I mean, I am so grateful to the straight people of, the, of our nation, too, who went along with letting us marry and being much more open. And it's just it's been a wonderful change, you know, in our lifetimes. Right. Um, the acceptance and, and uh, just to be ourselves. I'm just astounded, really, in retrospect. I mean, we have really come so yeah. far, even just from the 90s. Right. Yeah. Uh, we still have a long way to go. But yes. we have come so far. So back in 1992, were you both living the gay lifestyle, the queer lifestyle? Or did or was this the first or, or was this new? Like, I, I'm, I'm digging in. I'm digging deep. That wasn't even like a thing back then. I know. <laughs> can, can, we, can we talk about that publication that used to come out, that paperback, that um, oh. lesbian connection? Yes. Like, oh, my it God. Was such, it would come with this plain envelope, like with no return labels. Like you could. Because people who, like who lived in rural areas, you know, who knows what the postman would, you know, out you. <laughs> right, right, right. We, you, yeah, you had to be careful. It was like this mimeograph sheet. I mean, okay, maybe it was Xerox or something, but of uh, 20 pages stapled together. I guess it would be called like a zine, what they call it yeah. in the intro. Yeah. It would be a zine, right? That's such a lesbian thing, the zine. Oh, right. But before that, I mean, it was just this Xerox um, thing. And we'd look, we'd look forward to it every month, you know, what ads are there. And, you know, there was like one or a couple places that, that were advertising for hotels that would specialize in lesbian clientele. Yeah. Oh, and, really? And so that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we were also both in a university town, which is a little more yeah. friendly mm -hmm. and liberal mm -hmm. than, than many places. I think we were pretty much out, but there wasn't 
as vibrant a community as there might be today, for example. Of I mean, there, there was right. a community there and they were great and they were active, but it was very much a a kind of smaller endeavor, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. So. Basically, like, no return address in a nutshell. Like, yeah. it was very, <laughs> it was a little more on the DL. Oh, a lot, very a lot more on the yeah. DL. Was it a U-Haul situation? <laughs> no. It was no. a few, well, it was a few months. It was a, it was a few months. months so okay, that's I, like, I, that's, that's like eight years in lesbian years. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. You it's took your time. Slow. Yeah. Slow burn. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And then you didn't get married right away, or did you? No. No, we couldn't. Couldn't. Um, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know if you did like a. Um, a commitment ceremony. A commitment ceremony or something. No. Yeah, you know, I, I think we just kind of figured, you know, all or nothing. You know, if we can't actually get married, we'll just keep living our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when did when did family making come into the picture? Because, I mean, Helen, you've already said that you weren't sure that kids were in the picture. and Well, but I'd wanted kids and I'm five years older than Dana is. Mm-hmm. So I think my my baby clock kind of timer went off early first. So I was the one who wanted kids initially. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Dana was like, oh, I'm not sure that's in her picture. I, it's just she was more career focused. I mean, I was pretty career focused, too. But sound like you were both pretty career focused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. So so I think Helen's timer went off yeah. first, as she yeah. said. But I guess a couple of things. One is that your brother started his family yeah. and we got to see his son. And that was sort of my first kind of close encounter with a, a baby in a while. My family's pretty small. There just aren't that many cousins and cousins with young kids. So that was my first kind of encounter with a close person who had a child. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and so I started thinking about that. And then 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And I'd been working at uh, World Financial Center, which is the big tall building right next to World Trade Center, until the Friday before the Tuesday of (gasps) 9-11. And I had just switched to a new job at the company's New Jersey office. Oh my God. I was driving to work on Tuesday, listening to NPR. The radio cuts out. And that was oh because the radio tower was on top of World Trade Center. It was certainly not as close a miss as it was for some people or, or not a miss in, in, you know, in many cases. But, but it got me thinking about, you know, what happens if and uh, just unseized opportunities. Between the, those two things happening kind of close together, that got me thinking about it. And All of a sudden, a baby's looking kind of rosy. <laughs> and I said, hey, and I think I shocked you when totally. I first brought it up. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because she comes in with this game plan. She goes, okay, here's the plan. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like what? She goes, we'll have a baby. My eyes are big. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We'll take her egg. We'll use donor sperm you know, mix it up in a Petri tool, and then I carry. I say, right. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, did you know that this was actually a possibility? Yeah, yeah. We, we weren't the first, but I'm not sure there was even a term for it. Or if no. there was, I don't think we knew what it was called. Because I know that the first the first case of it, the first time it happened was in the 90s, the early yeah. 90s. It was, so it was, you were it was early, right in the beginning. Yeah, we weren't the first. But our doctors were totally confused by it. Right. So we can't tell them, like, go through that. What happened? So (laughs) So I I definitely remember, you know, we we looked for an LGBTQ friendly clinic, first of all. We asked some questions, you know, when we called them up. Wait, I want to I want to pause there because, you know, a lot of times these clinics will put up like the queer couple on their website, which Mm -hmm. is this is before like websites were a huge thing anyway for every business. So like, right. What, like, did you find their website first? And then what were the follow-up questions? Because how do you get to the, the real point of knowing if they really are truly inclusive? That's my big question. Yeah. Honestly, it, it's hard to remember now. I think we might've gotten the recommendation from our, our general practitioner mm-hmm. who said that they've worked with other LGBTQ clients. I think but, the other thing is just walk in and you're going to give them, the, you know, the initial consultation is usually free anyways. Mm-hmm. You just... Check out the vibe. You know, how do they react to you? Are they friendly or not? You know, it doesn't doesn't take much to figure that out. And then turned out that when you go through all these medical procedures, the phlebotomist becomes very important. And (laughs) there was a gay phlebotomist. And like, she would always like come over to help us. (laughs) She was very excited to see a gay couple. (laughs) Because there's a lot of blood giving. There's a lot of blood being taken. Especially when you're doing reciprocal. Both of you are doing blood work. Yeah. There's a lot and, of testing along the way. Yeah, actually, yeah. before that, um, they, they treated it in some ways like I was just an egg donor. 
And so, right. I, you know, part of the process was you must fill out this psychological evaluation. Mm-hmm. It was like a, right. many pages of, you know, do you realize that someone else will be carrying this and, the, <laughs> and all of this? Like, and, uh, and I know we're pretty well. It should work. <laughs> and we decided this together. I'll be, I'll be right next to her the whole time. Yeah. And then I, I had to actually sit down with a psychologist who took, you know, who took a look at it. And you know, I explained what the situation was. And she was like, oh, he, you shouldn't have needed to do this. Well, at least she had the wherewithal to say that. Or yeah. He, okay. So what, what was their reaction when you told, when you went to them and said, okay, so this is, this is what we're doing. They were actually okay oh, with it. Yeah. Um, the first doctor, yeah. I remember it was a woman the first time around and uh, she was great. I think this was the first time she'd ever encountered it, but she, you know, was on board. So well, that was great. That's good. Okay. Yep. And, you know, I think we also stumped people at the insurance company <laughs> because, you know, we basically said, we're doing this, you know, we're, we're a two-woman couple, so we're technically infertile, so you'll cover this, right? And Dana's, Dana's very forceful when she wants, she's kind of tiny. You can't really tell on the yeah. video, but she's like this little tiny person. But when she's right about something, when she's determined about something, you cannot just get in her way. No way. So she's right. just like, you're going to do this. You're going to sign this. This is the way it should be. And they just, they signed everything. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I mean, my God. I, seriously? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, sh- I, I think companies today are more prepared for these questions. So they have yeah. more policies in place. Back then, they didn't really have the policies in place. So that's so we the trick. Just, said, just dupe them. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just dupe send them. Send Dana in. That's the trick. And that's, okay. First of all, I'm going to send Mombian in. Uh, and then, I love it too, like your superhuman alter ego, Mombian. And then dupe them. Because nowadays, it's like such a struggle for queer folks to get fertility coverage in any way. Like, there's only like, I know of one insurance that is at least a bit inclusive, but yeah. really? for the most part, yeah, it's wow. inherently biased against our families and our fa- yeah. family building journeys. You know, I, I don't think we duped anyone. They said you had to be infertile. I said, we've, you know, we've been, we've been together for 10 years. It hasn't worked yet. <laughs> <laughs> I may have also mentioned that I was head of the LGBTQ employee network at the company and have a few things to say if they didn't cover us. Yeah, but, but I didn't tell them any any untruths, and they covered us, which was great. Yeah, um, not just once, but twice. Twice it took us two times. Yeah, because yeah. the first time didn't take. Okay, so you have to do an egg retrieval, and you have to do a transfer. So, so the, the, many needles, <laughs> so many freaking needles. It's like it's like the story of our 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 family building journeys. Needles is like <laughs> one image. How did the retrieval go? Did you get? A lot. Was that the part you had to go back for or was the tra- the transfer? The whole thing. The whole thing. Um, yes. Oh. So, so at first we did a test cycle, right, which was just like practicing most of the medications, but without actually like triggering the egg release. There was some test mm-hmm. cycle we had to go through. Oh, maybe. But I mean, they only did the egg retrieval twice. Yeah. And, and then we did, we did two egg retrievals. They knocked me out for it. That was their yeah. standard procedure. Yeah. And I woke up babbling incoherently, I remember. <laughs> but uh, it was it was pretty painless. Yeah. So we had, I think, what was technically a chemical pregnancy the first time around, which means, you know, the hormones level, levels go up, but something didn't actually But within a couple of take. weeks. Yeah. It, yeah. You knew, just, you knew yeah. rather quickly. We knew that hadn't happened. Yeah. That yeah. we'd have to plan again. We did. That's why you had to go back. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. And then you each had to go through the process all over again. Yeah. Okay. You did reciprocal IVF for those, mm. and for those of you at home who are listening who don't know, which I, I would be shocked if you don't know what it is by now if you've been listening. But if this is your first time tuning in and you're just an ally, you just wanted to hear reciprocal IVF is when they take the um, the eggs from one person and fertilize them outside, mm-hmm. and then put them into the uterus of another yeah. person. And it's a wonderful, beautiful option for for queer folks. And it's uh, it's just I love it. I wish I well we wouldn't have been able to do it because our insurance didn't cover it, but I wish. We could have done that because you, it's like the closest way in some ways we have to each having a really strong connection to the birth experience of the child. Absolutely. And, you know, he, right. he looks like me. He's got the red hair. But <laughs> Helen had the experience yeah. of carrying him in her body. And, and, and wanted yeah. that experience. So, so I, you know, my, my, my take on it is I'm not the most feminine of women. That's just me. But mm-hmm. I'm like, women have the superpower, right? Yeah. You know, we get to have babies. I'm like, being a woman, a lot of the times I'm an engineer. I work with Mm -hmm. all guys. Mm -hmm. I know they get paid more than I do. You know, a lot of of times being a woman just sucks. But like, I could do something that you guys can't. (laughs) So that's like, that was your impetus for it? 
Yeah. I'm like, I want to experience that. You know, if I'm going to be, I'm a woman, I'm a, I am going to be a woman. I want to experience the whole nine yards. I, I just really wanted to go through a pregnancy. Yeah. And so I, it was I a totally. wonderful experience for me. I really, I really loved it. You and did. I, you liked being pregnant? Oh, uh, totally. Yeah. See, I thought I was, I thought I was going to love it and then I hated it. But we know he came out well and he's a grown adult now and yeah. doing yeah. his life. They came out perfect. And, and I love the way that we created him because we both wanted to participate in the creation of this child somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's funny when people meet us, they assume that Daniel was the carrier because he's a spinning image of her. She has yeah. red curly hair, right? He has red curly hair. Yeah, me not so much. Yeah, I mean, that's basically exactly the telltale like. sign right there. The, the red curly hair that that gives it away. But I know <laughs> that when he was born, every molecule in his body, you know, came from me. You it's know, that's beautiful. he was mine. And, yeah, and it's it's wonder. It's really kind of freeing having a child that looks nothing like you. Because if I had a little mini me running around, I'd probably like, you know, be hard on them. I'd expect more from them. But instead, he's like this wonderful little creature all on his own. And he's just been, he's been a joy from day one. Wow. So much fun. You guys are good moms. Y'all are good moms. You're a better mom than me. Because I wouldn't say my kids have been a joy every single day so far. He, he and there's nine moments, to five. But yeah, you know, we, we, we stopped at one because he came out well and we figured we wouldn't push our luck. So. You don't want to push it. Yeah. yeah, you would have wanted to. Mm-hmm. Before we move forward, the genetic tie is 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 a big topic that comes up for our families. And a lot of times somebody has to make a tough choice to not have a genetic tie to the children. And some of us are fine with that. And some of us have a really hard time. Like for me, my wife gave birth to our first and I had a really hard time with not being biologically connected to the child. Come to find out, it does not matter. But how did you all come to the decision you made with this reciprocal IVF? And did genetics matter? For me, it was less about the genetics and more just about wanting us both to kind of be a physical part of the process. And this was, as you said, you know, kind of the only option open to us, but it, it really did let us both participate in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly not the the best or only right way. You know, it was right for us, but wouldn't necessarily you know, fit everyone. But I really appreciated that, that that we both got to play our parts in this way. Yeah. And what about you, Helen? Because you you know you, you knew you wanted to experience give, being pregnant and giving birth, but and parenting. You know, being a parent. So for me, it checked all the boxes. I was kind of worried if I you know wasn't connected to him genetically. You know how that would how I'd feel. But actually, I think it's better. I mean, it just worked out for me. Right. Not only fine, but probably better. I'm just more comfortable because. It's easier to see him for the the person that he is, like the, mm. the separate entity, and, and I not think it helps me your, be a better parent. I think I'd be a worse baggage. parent if it was like me. Yeah, less right. baggage because exactly. your baggage is all tied up in, in his being, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. and that that comes with its own complications because we know we're messed up on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I've actually also heard that even though the egg was mine, that the carrier's body helps. Turn certain things oh, yeah, on yeah. and off. Yeah. It's in called the... epigenetics. Exactly. Look at me. Exactly. So, so she definitely term. played a part in yes. the, in, the formation. In how everything though. came out. Yeah. And that's why I just absolutely love this, this path for our families. Because you both really do have, I mean, everybody does have a part in, in the child they get. But this mm-hmm. is just such a, such a beautiful scientific way. That I, and I just love it. Could, could we move on from science yes. to law? Because that was the other big part of the journey. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Yes, yes please. So, so what year was this? And then let's do this. Sure. So this was in 2003. Uh, we were living in New Jersey at the time, which had civil unions, I think, maybe at that point. But we hadn't bothered. And certainly marriage was not an option. Uh, I would have had to adopt the child if mm-hmm. I wanted any kind of legal rights over it. Right. And I said, that's ridiculous. It's my genetic child. And so we, we found an LGBTQ friendly lawyer who was willing to work with us to petition the court for a pre-birth parentage order oh. um, with the force of a court order. So it has this, the same legal weight as an adoption would. And to name me as a parent before the birth, that was great because it meant that the child had two parents from the moment of birth. Right. And especially when we had an emergency C-section, when, you know, Helen was not feeling good and the baby's heart rate was going down and lots of bad things were happening right there. It was so gratifying to know that I had legal ties. Definitely a parent, because also the birth certificate does not signify parentage. 
Right. The birth certificate only signifies identification at birth, which is like ridiculous. What's the point of a birth certificate? Yeah, and I'm not even sure if I, I would have been able to get on the birth certificate at this at that point in time. Right. So we, we thought we'd be the first in New Jersey to be doing this because uh, initially our lawyer didn't know of any other couples doing it. But it turned out there was another couple uh, a few counties over who beat us by a couple of months. Yeah. So we were uh, part of a part of a good trend of folks. <laughs> I am happy that there were others yes. doing it. it. It definitely felt like it was a movement. Yeah. To it get us our case easier. Yeah. So that was great. Yeah. Actually. So yeah. you never did the second parent adoption? No, because we had a court order which had the same legal weight. And is this still an option for folks? I believe so, but my my guess is it probably varies state to state. Right. Um, I, I know New York, in its recent parentage laws, allows for a pre-birth parentage order as one of the options. Yeah, this is a new so. thing. I mean, on the show, I'm, I always just advise people get that second parent adoption or get Absolutely. legal advice and figure it out because you just, like you said, you never know. Yeah, and, and you had a you never know right at the birth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's something I've said over and over and over on the blog. Uh, the birth certificate, even if you're married, is not enough. It's so. not enough. It's not enough. Okay, so amazing. So you're on the birth certificate. They have babies born. Life is great. He's an <laughs> angel, you lucky ducks. <laughs> How does Mombian, Mombian come about? So my professional background was in internet marketing and strategy. You know, our initial plan was that Helen would stay home with the child for a while. Mm -hmm. Just being the one who gave birth, it kind of made more sense. Mm-hmm. It was probably six months after he was born that the company I was with had some big reorganization and I mm -hmm. decided I didn't want to stay with them anymore. So we figured, well, let's both send resumes out there and kind of see who gets the better job. Whoever gets the best offer loses and has to go to work. I love it. So, <laughs> And it's so lesbian of you to just really like, we're going to toss a coin. Everything is equal here in this, in this parenting landscape. And I think I know what happened, but somebody yeah. had a better job. Yeah, so Helen got the, <laughs> the, the better offer. I'm under work. And I, I, I had to go to work. Yeah. I, so I, I tell straight friends this or, you know, people that I've met at our son's school and things like that. And I tell them that part of the story and they're like, you did what? Yeah. Just the idea that we could have even just entertained off. the idea switch. to switch yeah. off like that yeah. is, you know, it was so freeing, honestly. And yeah. I, I wish more couples would. I guys were more comfortable staying home and being parents. I know. You know? It's it's so baffling to me that, that folks don't think outside the box in this day and age more. Yeah. Like our queer families are always going outside the box because because sky's what the limit box? for us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what box? Exactly. I just love that. That's amazing. So but then poor Helen <laughs> got the wrong side of the coin. <laughs> <laughs> but but it worked out great. Um, Dana was a great um, primary caregiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. she probably did a better job than I would have. To be I honest, I don't think so. She, oh, uh, you really look good. at you! Look at you two still in love. I know. Isn't it funny? Honestly, I mean, thirty years. <laughs> I can't believe it. To be I love it. Oh my god! And and honestly, when you get to the empty nester part, it's kind of all new again. It's just it's really good. It's awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Wait before we get to the empty nest because we're gonna dig. We're gonna dig into that because I think a lot of folks at home will love to hear sure. about your you know empty nest. And I'm sure there's a lot of folks going through it themselves right now. So how did where where did Mombian come from? So I had this background in internet services, and after our son was born, blogs had just started to uh, exist, really. I was just kind of keeping track of them, and I was like, you know, this would be a good way to sort of keep up my professional skills. Mm -hmm. Have an adult thing to do while you're being a mom. That's, yes, because that's so important. It's so important because it gets lonely, and it gets tiresome, and it gets redundant, huh? Yep. And there's like 10 minutes a day when he naps and I can actually do something I else. Know. I know. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was great. And in thinking about what to do, you know, I, I briefly thought about doing a cooking blog because I love mm -hmm. to cook, mm -hmm. but that would have taken a lot of extra like preparation and effort. Starting a parenting blog basically just meant I parented my kid and then I could take extra time to blog. Right. You know, right. Th there was not a lot of additional overhead the material was already yeah. there but yeah. you know i also i i didn't want to make it a blog that was primarily about our story although obviously i draw on my experience a lot you know we're two suburban white women who 
didn't encounter a whole lot of bumps in our parenting story. It's kind of a boring story. Um, I, I'd like to think we made it entertaining here talking with you. It's not boring at all, but I understand you think it is. You know, I, I guess, you know, I, I didn't know that the world really wanted to hear what my son had for breakfast. And I, and I also wanted to, um, you know, to respect his privacy as he got older. So I wanted to come up with an idea that I thought had, you know, s- some viability beyond that. And so I started a site that was all about news and information and resources for LGBTQ parents. Because at the time, there were parenting sites, there were queer sites, but there weren't a lot at the intersection. Yeah. And I think, you know, now there's probably a little more overlap. There are some other resources and there are, you know, parenting stories on the mainstream gay news sites and uh, queer stories on the mainstream parenting sites. But at the time, there really wasn't. No. And so looking at you know, LGBTQ rights through a parenting lens and looking at parenting things through a queer lens, uh, offering resources for parents uh, like uh, LGBTQ inclusive books, mm-hmm. which has become really a, a main part of the site. Uh, I've launched a database now that has over 1,200 books in it, uh, mostly know. kids books and some parenting books. I'm in, um, I'm in there. That are, I'm in that there. are LGBTQ inclusive. Yes, your, your book is definitely <laughs> in there. Uh, and happily so. But, you know, when I started, I could probably count on one hand the number of LGBTQ inclusive picture books. And there's now, I think, over 600 in my database. Yeah. Mombian is like one of my go to sites. If something happens in the news, I go see what Mombian has to say. There's been so much, you know, so many ups and downs and so many stories of, you know, even today, uh, queer parents fighting for their rights to be parents yep. in many states. Mm-hmm. So I think. I mean, because I've focused on this for so long, you know, I'd like to think I, you know, I know the background. I, I can look at it with a parent's eye, but also kind of delve into some of the, um, you know, the legal ins and outs. I'm not a lawyer, but I've just you know, written about a lot of this um, for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So and like 20 years, she's been tracking, you know, in what state you can get married or, you know, what state you can have, a, you know, adopt a kid and, and just, you know, the, the huge transition that we've seen in this in this time frame. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've been it's been a great yeah. very for you. Yeah, yeah. you said it's, twenty years. It's going to be eight to eighteen years this June. So yeah, close close, did I round up? Just round just up? Yeah. It's really impressive, and it's it's just a well known resource and a much needed resource still today. Still, it's not there's not enough of, of resources like yours out there. Thank you, thank you. I, no, I, I appreciate that. I'd like to think. It's uh, it's still relevant and useful again um, because it's it's really my sole focus. You know, I I don't typically write about broader LGBTQ issues except when they touch on something related to our families. Can you tell us all some stuff that Mombian is up to lately? Like, what's going on with Mombian? Sure. Well, one very exciting thing is that this June first will be the 18th LGBTQ Families Day. The 18th. Which, yes, yes. It was an event I started. It actually started as blogging for LGBTQ Families Day back when blogging was the uh-huh. primary form of social media. And it was a time for bloggers, both LGBTQ and straight allies, straight cis allies, to come together in support of LGBTQ families and post uh-huh. about us on the same day. And I would collect a list of all the posts and, and promote that. It then evolved into a hashtag day, a hashtag celebration of LGBTQ Families Day to get people from all social media to participate. And lately, people have just been referring to it as LGBTQ Families Day. So like when Connecticut passed its big LGBTQ inclusive parentage legislation a couple of years ago, when they were doing that, the signing ceremony happened to be on June 1st. And I was honored that one of the lawyers who had helped push the legislation said, I'm glad to be standing here on LGBTQ Families Day to sign this legislation. Oh, wow. Look what you started. I I mean, I've I've participated in the for the past. Yeah. Three years, I think. Yeah. It's a thing. Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's the White House press secretary and also a, a queer mom, she yeah. tweeted out something last yeah. year. So, so we, we've had some amazing participation. And I'm hoping that folks participate again this year, mm-hmm. uh, both on, you know, on social media and celebrating in your community however you want. You know, it's a day that I may have started, but I don't feel any particular sense of ownership if people feel like they want to run with it in any mm-hmm. direction just to celebrate and support our families. So, mm-hmm. and it's a great way to kick off Pride Month with a, a focus on families, I think, and on the, the different ways we can form families. Yeah. And with Pride around the corner, 
What should folks do to participate? Uh, I guess the best thing is just to be out on social media and use the hashtag LGBTQ Families Day hashtag. And, you know, if you want to celebrate in your community in any way, that would be great. Mm -hmm. It would be wonderful if you would then, you know, share some photos or some little notes about your celebration on social media just so that others can know that you're celebrating and know that that you're a part of this. Mm -hmm. If, If you can't think of anything to share, there could be a photo of your family or just some words of support, a little anecdote about your family story. I love it. Just to to let people know that that you're out there and, and whether you're an LGBTQ person celebrating LGBTQ families or a straight cis ally um, wanting to support us, we, we, we welcome you. And, we welcome it. Yeah. And Representation matters. Yeah. Representation matters and normalization matters. So let's get out there. Let's get out there and be loud and proud. I, I shared pictures of my family the last time. So maybe I'll think of, try to think of something else this year. I'm, okay. I, got, I got to get my mind going. Well, we're definitely taking part and everybody else better too. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing them and sharing them, looking at all our beautiful, wonderful families. And I love it. I love it. So let's delve into this empty nest thing. So everything goes great. Parenting is great. You raise a well-adjusted, sensitive, healthy, masculinity-filled child. It's, I'm just assuming. And then what, where are we now? What happens? He got into college and <laughs> yeah. yay. Yes. Yay. We kind of decided I'd, you know, we'd had enough years of working formally um, for a company. And so we decided to retire, ran the numbers. We said, yeah, we can do this. So we did that. Nice. And so we retired while our kid was in high school and we knew going into it, we wanted to have projects to go because we both retired at the same time. Me not being busy during the day is a very dangerous thing. That's my wife too. I'm like, go. can you please go do this, please? I just give her random jobs. Perfect. If if, if you don't keep an engineer busy, she takes apart the toaster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can sit all day and do nothing. Like it's no problem for me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could, but not my wife. So, so I, I knew I wanted to, you know, keep doing more with Mambian. So you've been able to do a little bit more yeah. with it because more time. Mm-hmm. And then and the, I started my own projects. I, I did do 3D printing. It's what I've oh. kind of fallen into. So cool. It, it's not related to what I did before. I used uh-huh. to make computer chips. But 3D printing. I now have seven 3D printers at home. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you do. Doing Print. a variety of projects and <laughs> Printing a running. little village, like yeah, making your own kind village. Of so that's a lot of fun. So it's it's basically like it's not it's not quite like when we got together, kind of the newness of it all. But it's like kind of like a new life because we're create. You know, how do you want to spend your time now? You have twenty four hours in the day, and you have a flexibility to do anything. Your kids off at college, and I think the first year we we did a lot of trips out there to kind of you know check in on him and make uh-huh. sure things. You know, freshman year is rough for every kid, but he. He hit the ground running at school and he had friends. And so, you know, I was just that I, I was so relieved that that and all just started going smoothly. And then this year we continue watching him sort of, you know, because, you know, he's it's like your own family and he's he's got to split off and go do his own thing. Right. He's got to mm. figure out what that is and be an independent person. Oh, God. And it's just wonderful seeing that kind of happen. I think it's easier for parents today. Because you can stay in touch with your kid much more easily, right? Through, yeah, you know, texting or Zoom. Um, you know, we, we we Zoom with him maybe once a month, once every couple of months. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's important for us parents also to learn to step back, as Helen yes. was saying, because they have to yeah, to, to take hard. their own path. Yeah, but it's also I think easier for parents today than than it certainly was for our parents because we generation. have more options, right? We had just a phone. And it was, yeah. for me, it was a long distance call. I had to pay for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't think I ever phoned my parents when I was in college. <laughs> oh, I yeah. was such a mama's girl. I think I called her every single day. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're trying to have our own lives. But I think, as Helen had said before, it's also important, even through parenting, that you each have lives and interests of your own. This is what I was going to ask you. You know, you hear all these all these married couples who their their kids leave and then they realize, oh no, we we don't have anything in common anymore, and we don't we let the relationship fly by the wayside. So how do you keep it fresh during those childhood years? And then let's go into this. How do you how how does it work? <laughs> Help me make sure mine is working is going to work. I'll say thank goodness for my parents. Um, you know, my my parents were close. Helen's are across the country. And 
our son was the only grandchild on that side of the family. Mm. So my parents were all over him. My dad was retired and would visit regularly. I mean, the, the question isn't <laughs> when he's coming, but, you know, will he ever leave? Right, right. <laughs> um, so having them on them around was great. Because they, they would take the kid like for uh, the evening or the weekend or the week and yeah. we'd go off. That's and nice. So that was awesome. Yeah. I remember he was like six months old or so. And we actually went away for a week and he stayed with them. It was great for them because they got to see him. It was great for him because he learned to be with other people and to be right. able to be apart from us. And it was great for us because we got a break. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that doesn't mean, you know, we loved him any less or, you know, weren't as engaged when he was with us. But it was also, I think, really important for him and for us to to have that time. Right. So we're just so fortunate yeah. to have a, a great set of grandparents. So yeah. That. So I'm making like a mental checklist. Make sure you have breaks built in. Okay. What's another thing? Towards the end, like last five or six years-ish, my job, I would travel a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. I was gone a lot. I traveled to Asia. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Tours. yeah. So Dana and Jordan actually spent... So a lot of time together. I was kind of the odd person out when I came home. But, mm-hmm. you know, game, we're, we do a lot of board games. Uh, that's worked for us. Yeah. And, you but, know, and you were always very engaged when you were here. It wasn't like you would come home and just, you know, sleep or do more work. You know, I think even though you traveled a lot, you always made a point to be present, present when you were here. So mm-hmm. I think that that definitely helps. So make sure you stay present. But how would you keep this spark alive? Because you seem to still have uh, some, some great hints there. I don't know. <laughs> I think we chose right in the first place. Yeah. Um, we still, I, we just love being with each other. I don't know. Well, okay, I love being with you. I'll, I'll say it that way. <laughs> we just have a gas together, you yeah. know. But we also have our own separate interests. We're not relying on each other for entertainment <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's a good balance. Okay, so I'm I'm hearing, so that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing make breaks so you have time together. Mm-hmm. Be present when you are together. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your time together. And pick the right person. <laughs> yeah, other than that, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> and there it is. I love that. Do you have anything else to add about being an empty nester and any takeaways you've you, found? You will ball your eyes out when you drop the kid off at college at, or, you know, first department if it's not a college, wherever. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. And the kids, the kids are going to be all right. They're going to be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, it might and hurt a little. I mean, I cried when I dropped my daughter up at camp. She's <laughs> <Just> nine. <laughs> you know, I was I, a wreck th- all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that first day of whether it's your nursery school or kindergarten is rough. But yeah, but you got to trust that, that your kid is prepared and, and yeah. knows what they're doing. You know, and even if they don't kind of be willing to give them the space to, uh, to, to learn that. Wise words, wise words. And the kids are going to be all right. And our families are, they rock and they're very intentional. And it has been really just an honor to talk to you too and, and hear your story. I don't think we hear enough of, of your story, Mombian, nowadays. So it's nice to get a little behind the scenes. Thank well, you. For Thank you. You know, I, I, it's, it's certainly <laughs> something I've, I've written about a little bit, but I'm certainly here to, uh, to be a resource, if anyone has questions, you know, they can reach out on my blog or find me on social media. Yeah. Where can everybody find you? So mombian.com is the blog. And I'm also mombian on Insta and Twitter and Facebook. That's where I hang. And you'll be, it'll be in the show notes as well. So Great. everybody can check mm-hmm. there. And Helen, is, do you want people to reach out to you and find you? No. <laughs> they, they can, I can ask her. They'll okay. find me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's been really just such a pleasure. And um, this relationship is ongoing. And I feel honored to know you. Oh, yeah. likewise. You know, yeah. I've been delighted seeing your show take off and uh, see all the, the great stories that you're bringing to light. Because that's so, so important just to, you know, to see that other people have been here mm-hmm. before us. You know, people who've read my blog for a while know that another of my common themes is that we queer parents are not new. No. The first group on lesbian motherhood was held in 1956, as far as we can tell, by um, the Daughters of Belitis, which was an early lesbian group. There's a factoid. Um, I like it. And, you know, there were certainly queer parents before they came together to be that group. So we go back even farther. Oh, we go way, way back. 
Back to the Greeks, honey. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, was about to say, Sappho probably had a kid, as far as we know, or of may course. have had a kid. And Alexander yeah. the Great, and they were both queer. So yeah. We go way back. Those we are go our way starter back. queer parents. <laughs> so, so never think you don't have a history and a background and, uh, yeah. you know, a culture to draw on. It's true. We do. And um, know your history and just remember representation matters. And I, hopefully there's more of us out there as the years unfold, like living loud and proud. I know we're there, but you know what I mean? I think there will be. I, this world is changing. I have hope. And these kids, these kids are going to change oh, yeah. Yeah. the world for the better, in my yeah. opinions. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what these kids do. Well, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thank Likewise. you. It's been great to meet you as well, Helen. I, I, I adore you, and um, I'm gonna come <laughs> over for coffee it. someday. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, come over for coffee. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. I know. Well, I know where I invite, you are. Wherever. Come on over. I, yeah. <laughs> I invite myself to everyone's house. I might show up. You never know. <laughs> sure. You yeah. never know. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Queer Family Podcast. Well, folks, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Queer Family Podcast and the Pride Extravaganza. (laughs) I have to say it like that every time or it just doesn't count. I I can't stop it now. I've created something and that's the way it goes. If you do like what you hear or what you're watching on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe, rate, review us. All those things help us get this out to an even wider audience under the realm of visibility matters, it makes a huge difference. So please go do all those things and feel free to write a really nice review. I don't mind that ever, ever. And also make sure you're following us on all the socials. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at the Queer Family Podcast. Make sure you get your pride merch with the Queer Family Podcast merchandise at tpublic.com slash the Queer Family Podcast, where you can also find that merchandise on our website, thequeerfamilypodcast.com. You can also find it in our Instagram link in bio if you're on Instagram more than anything. Do that. Do all that stuff. And join me on Patreon. Patreon, you're going to get, actually, you get the video episode dropped a day early, y'all, which is huge. And some other bonus stuff too. So head to patreon.com slash thequeerfamilypodcast. Find the tier you can afford and join. I would love to see you over there. Let's create a big community. Let's be visible, folks. I love you all so much. I'm so happy you tuned in. Please tune in to the next one. And if you feel like watching another Queer Family Podcast episode and you happen to be on YouTube, just click to the next one. You might as well just watch us all day. I'm going to say that every week at this point. Watch us all day. Watch Queer Family goodness all day long because who can get enough of that? No one. Come on. I love y'all. I'll see you next time. I mean, I'll be in your ears next time, however you are listening or or watching. You know what I mean. I love y'all. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love.